Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast. On today's show, I, I've deemed this man, he, he's obviously an industry legend, but, I, but I'm going to call him the Ice Off. <laughs> John, man, how you doing today? I'm doing super fantastic, man. I think that's appropriate since we're on Boss Uncaged, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely. So, I mean, for, for people that, that that's living under a rock that don't know who you are, why don't you give them a little insight to, to your legend, man? Oh, man, there's no legend here. I mean, I'm a guy that literally started a business out of need from my kitchen table. It ended up going to, you know, through eBay to Amazon, mm -hmm. and we've done over seven figures in e-commerce now. Actually, ten figures, but I don't talk about that. <laughs> I'm just so I'm just saying you're talking about you know you're not a legend, but I mean think about how many people has the opportunity to say what you just said, and, and to the point to where you had that many zeros at the end of your sales, right? So come on now. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Uh, yeah, it doesn't even sound right mm -hmm. when I say it. So it's 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 cool, but then at the same time, it feels a little. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought about it, but yeah, not a lot, but you know what? More and more every day. That's the answer. Nice. So if you could define yourself in three to five words, what would you choose? I define myself in three to five words, enterprising, uh, intuitive, and constantly curious. How about that? I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that. Yeah. So let's just dive into like your business a little bit, right? So, I mean, obviously you're, you're into the e-com space and you've been down eBay and you've been Amazon. I would think you're also a coach. You're a speaker as well on an international level. So let's just talk about your business a little bit. Yeah. I mean, um, we started on eBay and it was so early in the game that we ended up becoming the power sellers on eBay platinum level power sellers. And, you know, um, when Amazon started their third party system, they were looking for people to do beta testing. And they literally came and tried to scrape all of the top sellers on eBay to test their Amazon platform. So actually, I was, you know, one of the uh, early, early beta testers for Amazon as well. And um, I don't know, somewhere around 2006, 2007, I was in a, uh, a store looking for, you know, sourcing products and stuff uh, in an import store, and I saw bandanas. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I know a lot of, you know, hip hop stars at the time were doing the bandana thing. Tupac had just died a few years before that. Hell no. Actually, his posthumous albums were starting to come out. Mm. So um, he, he was getting popular again. And I was like, you know what? Let's grab these. 
And I started selling bandanas and that literally changed everything and um, created a, a, a video on YouTube on how to fold bandanas. And I don't know, people started catching on, asking me to teach and train. That's how I got to do all the training and teaching around the world. And then now today I'm helping coach a lot of others because I'm so old that I can call myself a coach and a mentor now. <laughs> hilarious so i mean just, just think about it. i mean like like you, every single day somebody goes into a storefront they, they may even go on to etsy they go on all these different platforms how the hell did you have enough foresight and insight to pick a, a bandana of all the things on the planet that you came across why was that the product uh, you know what I, I on that day i picked a whole lot of products and that's the one thing you know um that might happen with you with products or just in general with, you know, your hustle, you know, 80% of the stuff you do is going to fail. It's the 20% that covers a multitude of failures. So bandanas just happen to be one of the things I'm sure, you know, my, my warehouse is full of a lot of things that never sold that I thought were hit. That was going to be it, you know? So um, there wasn't anything really special other than the price i was like wow i didn't know you could get a dozen for you know like half the price of one hmm. so i was like oh these are cheap and they were easy to ship because they were light you could stuff them in an envelope and it wouldn't be a whole lot of you know drama and i think uh, one of the things i did learn from that or, or that became pretty apparent for me uh was that that was kind of a niche that I wanted to to go deeper in was light, easy to package, didn't take up a whole lot of storage space. Hmm, interesting. So I want to time travel back, right? So I mean, obviously, we know who you are right now. We know what you've accomplished. You know that what you're doing right now. But like, how did your journey start? Like, were you into Media, were you into marketing? Like, I mean, when did that really start for you? And how did you even bridge and begin jumping into eBay? I mean, basically, a friend of mine came to me back, and this is like the early 2000s, uh, when everybody was flipping houses. And he was like, oh, we can flip this house. You know, I found it. This is a great price, blah, blah, blah. And it's an up-and-coming neighborhood. And uh, he's like, you know, you got the credit because I was working as a IT, you know, my background is IT. So I, I was always a computer geek anyway. So I was on my job. He was the, you know, hustler. And he's like, yo, so all I need you to do is sign the paperwork to get the loan and we'll split the difference. Well, guess what? The house never flipped, right? And I got stuck with a second mortgage. So I was totally ass out and didn't know what to do and a friend of mine told me well why don't you sell some stuff on ebay i'm like really that's gonna work he's like yeah 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 they'll they'll buy anything on ebay and i had a whole lot of used books you know since i was an it person i used to buy those big thick coding books and once you learn how to code or finish the project you don't need the book so i had a whole lot of those sitting around and i started selling those on ebay and that was the beginning of something big hmm. you know but it wasn't that big it was just enough to get me through and 
once I ran out of books, I had to find other things to sell. Hmm. You know. So that's definitely interesting. So you you're kind of like at the the, the the cusp. So you you had enough insight to step into the market at the right time, and also have the right mind state of mind, and you also had the right training as well. So you're talking about coding. I mean, were you more like PHP? Like what flavor of code were you doing? Yeah, yeah, more that more no more HTML than any. Okay. okay. Right. So I was just I knew just enough HTML to be dangerous. You know, they used to give me all these books. I never read them. Don't tell anybody. Uh, you know, I never read them. I always got, I always got people in the office to, man, go ahead and code that up for me, fix that. I was really good at that part. I was really good at that part. I would, I would engage Fiverr when there wasn't a Fiverr. Nice, <laughs> nice. So I think you, you talked about like one. I, I would think that's probably a pretty bad experience, right? Like you got into a, a, a business with someone. You try to flip a house and you got stuck with the house. Is there any other examples of going into business that you've had something that happened that was worse than that? I think that was the worst. You know, I think that was the worst. I mean, you've had other. Nah, nothing was because that lasted and took money out of my pocket for years, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. trying to fix what was uh, a one one signature deal. You know, yeah. I, it just it, and it lasted with me for like ten years. Yeah. You know, paying the mortgage, trying to figure out how to flip it. The 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 place where we were, I didn't even tell you. Uh, it, it was on the corner of Joseph E. Lowry and Martin Luther King Boulevard here in Atlanta. Yeah. You see how his eyes got? Yeah. <laughs> see. So you know, if you're on the corner of two civil rights leaders, you're probably not necessarily in the up and coming part of the hood, yeah. you know, and it well, wasn't back then, back back then, then. Now, right yeah. now, it's yeah. now, finally, now it's, it's turning around. So just think about that. I held that property for so long, waiting on it to flip. It was crazy. Yeah, well, I think that was a disguise, right? In the sense that it was something that happened in your favor, because if that event in your life oh, yeah. didn't happen, you wouldn't be where you are right now. Possibly. That's right. If I actually saw that guy again, my old friend, I tell him thank you, you know, mm. because if it wasn't for that, that was the 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 foot up my butt that made me get off of the plantation, mm. or I'd have still been there. Nice, nice. Yeah, so, maybe we'll think mm. about maybe. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think you'd ever go back. I mean, just. just oh just, no. No. Nah. no. I was. Somebody asked me out the other day, like, how much would it take? for you to, to i just no i can't see ever going back to corporate but i think it's, it's one of those things like once you understand marketing you understand the internet and to your point you've been doing it for like 20 years at this point so you understand the ins and out you could kind of drop you in the middle of nowhere in an island you could start a brand new business from scratch and be pretty successful within probably 12 to 18 months would you concur with that yeah i would concur with that you know one thing that you learn after being out here is I can see money on trees, literally, you know, it's just money grows on trees. I think most people just miss it because they, they're head down and they don't know what they're looking for, oh. but opportunity is everywhere. I remember, you know, um, my cousins came in and my brother and we all went to Stone Mountain Park and uh, every night at Stone Mountain, they do fireworks. So we were going to do the barbecue thing. And I went to the dollar store because they had all the kids and stuff. And I bought all these glow in the dark sticks. 
right? We go to the park, do our barbecue. The sun's starting to go down. We're going to wait for the fireworks. Starts up. I pull out all the sticks, give it to all the kids, you know, and I mean, literally, like kids from all over the park are coming. Can I get one? Can I get one? Mm. You know, and I'm like, opportunity right here. I could have been selling those to their parents for $5 a pop and they would have paid because the kid wanted it, you know, but those are the kind of things we just don't, we don't see sometimes the opportunity. And then a lot of people are just lazy. It's a, it's very easy to, to go and work for a check every week. It's, it's, it's definitely easier because there's comfort, hmm. right? Your paycheck yeah. is your comfort zone. Yeah. I think you brought up a very solid point. I mean, it, in all the things that you do, I think that you're very big on indirectly about mindset, state of mind, and understanding that the mindset is like the, the real key to any strategy. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, and you got to be prepared. You got to be prepared for anything. And you're taking risks, you know? You are taking risks. The, the, like they say, man, the more risk you take, the more the reward. So let's not, let's not get it twisted. It's, and, and, you know, I was... I was just talking to a friend of mine today, man. I don't know. You know Lamar Taylor with uh, TSP. And uh, I was talking to him, and we were just kicking it around because he's very successful. I'm doing my thing. And uh, we work hard. We work hard. I still work hard, you know? And I I don't like this appearance that is, is going around today of, of, like, it's so easy. You know, oh, if I can do it, anybody can do it. The people that are telling you that are working hard, telling you that you don't have to work hard, just pay me. They're working hard, right? So hard work pays off. But uh, yeah, in mindset, you, your mind's got to be right or you're not going to make it all the way through. It's just not. Got it. So sliding from like mindset to a little bit to a lot of times when you, you create a company, right? Like you kind of think about protections and you have to have your company structured in a certain way. So is your business structured? I mean, is it an LLC, an S-Corp, a C-Corp? How is yours set up? Yeah, mine started off, I mean, it's an LLC still, okay? But it's got passed through. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I started it off as a, a hobby, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I think people, again, get caught up in the minutia. Just start selling something. You can work that part out later, you know? Get the, I, I didn't. I, I mean, yes, we got our business license. Yes, we got our EIN and all that up front. But when it came to filing the paperwork, I think I didn't do the LLC until two years later, oh. right? When it just became like, look, this I could save tax money by, by doing it this way, right? But I mean, don't, don't let that be a hindrance to you just getting out and starting. So with that, are you a big believer in like getting trademarks? Um, yeah, you know, uh, I mean, it's absolutely, okay. But I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to put a caveat out there again, don't worry about it. Most people talk about, well, I gotta go get my, my trademark. Hey, can I curse on this thing? Go for it. Man. Oh, okay. So I'm like, so I look, I'm asking, like, I'm, that's funny. So I'm like, ain't nobody worry about stealing your shit. You ain't made a dime. You ain't made a damn dime. And you worried about a damn trademark. Stop it. You oh, know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, too, and realistically, a trademark does not stop people from using your your yes. brand. You're right. Okay? It doesn't have, it's just a piece of paper, right? Now, if you sue them and you go to court, you will easily win with a trademark. However, whatever you win, you still got to collect. See, so it's not, you know, so don't get so so caught up. And the other thing is, most people are too lazy to copy your shit anyway. Well, because if they if they would if they were going to do it, they would have been done, did it already. Mm-hmm. You know, Perfect. so that's what we always get afraid of. You know, but don't even worry about that. When it comes to like you, what you've got here, I mean, your brand is is, is so strong now that the, that you want to get a trademark, absolutely. You know, so nobody can come in and say unboss uncaged. No, you can't do that, right? Even though yeah. it's different, you can't do that. That's that's those are the kind of things. So it does protect you. In uh, it's a bully club. It's a bully club, but yeah, people but- don't have to pay you any attention. Yeah, this is true. This is definitely right? true. Now, if you can show that you have been using this prior to them using it, then you don't even need a trademark. You can still say that they have stolen my brand. Yeah, I definitely, I wanted to go down that road because I mean, obviously I knew you was going to deliver the goods and kind of, this is one of the questions that I, I never really go down that road, but I knew you would fulfill the answer well. So also just keep, let's just keep digging. Let's keep building, let's keep, keep building. Let's keep digging, right? So like on the journey to success, right? Everyone has hurdles. Like you listed out maybe a, a couple of your hurdles, but in the marketing space, like what is the biggest hurdles that you had to overcome? Me personally? Yeah, yeah. Personally. In the marketing space. Asking for the money. Mm, yeah. That was the yeah, the ad, just the, the comf- to be comfortable enough to ask. That was always a big thing for me. Matter of fact, I hid behind, you know, Amazon and eBay because I didn't uh, have to sell. You so know? Me. Yeah. It was just it was it was on display and, and it just really wasn't until I started getting into, you know, training and courses and stuff that you gotta ask for the money you know and that was a big big hurdle for me i don't know why but it was and i know a lot of people like that they're just afraid to ask and um a good salesperson right a good salesman back in the day would knock on the door and be like can i sweep your floor and show you my new sweeper and they would get door slammed in their face. Once you get enough door slammed in your face, you don't get too concerned about asking anymore. Very true. Very true. Yep. You know, so that's what I was going to say. The no is one of the best things to get you over the fear of selling. Another nugget, another golden nugget, everyone. So I know that you're also a big systems guy as well, right? So, I mean, what systems do you currently have in place to manage all your different tentacles in your business? So, um, honestly, it's kind of, it's going to be really simple. I mean, Google has changed everything for me. Google, uh, the tools that come with the Google suite are so shareable that we took all of our processes and made them Google friendly, right? So all the little pieces that we used to have and we pay for this, you know, this document management platform and um, other things, you know, for uh, chatting and all of that, uh, 
it's like, look, we because look, I only have two people on staff here. Everybody else is virtual. Okay. And so in order to do that, I needed something that would be worldwide, easily shareable. And when I make a change here, it makes a change throughout the organization. And that's been probably my biggest tool set right now is Google. And another thing called Kartra. And this thing, Zoom. Zoom. <laughs> I mean, Zoom's, Zoom's been amazing. If you think about all the things that came before Zoom, you yeah. know, yeah. the Skypes and uh, what did we used to have? What other chats did we used to have? There was other ones that tried to yeah. beat out Skype, you know, and you figure it's like Zoom came into them. He came in at the right time. Came in yeah. at the right time. Yeah, it came at right? the right time. And I think it was also, it was targeted to the right market. And it was targeted well as the new users were coming into that space as well. Yep. Yep. Another thing is Loom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Loom is a screen capture uh, uh, free. And that really has been really great because now I don't have to even be anywhere near anybody. They can make a video, show me what's going on, and we can troubleshoot that right there. Yeah, definitely. I think the turn of technology changed things drastically. And I think it just really happened within the last 10 years. And, and everything we're talking about, like you said, it's not new, right? Zoom as a platform, the brand is fairly new, but the functionality is not new. Nope. But it's just, it's been repackaged in a particular way to target a particular audience. So my, my, my next question for you is like, okay, obviously you've been in the game for at least 20 years at this point, right? Probably even more than that. Yep. But Somebody may be listening to this podcast and they may be like, okay, John, they look him up and like, oh, wow, he has all these different tentacles. He's highly successful. And you may be deemed as an overnight success to someone. But in uh -huh. reality, how long did that journey take you to get to where you are? Uh -huh. my, all my life. All my life. Right? I mean, seriously. Uh, okay. Well, I won't say that. There is a tipping point. Okay? There is a tipping point in everything when you move from one stage to the next stage to the next stage and there's always another level mm -hmm. right um but i would say 2005 ish was the tipping point for me and so if you go from when i actually started the business in 2000 so it took about five years five five six years okay um and and literally, I, so the timeline started the business in the, the end of 2000, 2004 is when I left my job. So just get that in, in your head, guys. I didn't leave my job until four years later. And then when I was leaving my job, I was like, you know what? Now is the time because I realized that if I spent eight hours a day on my business, I could easily replace my company business, but also at the same time, or, or yeah, my, my corporate in, uh, salary, but also at the same time, most people, and I, I don't mean I, way too many people, create a business and leave their job too soon. Because what ends up happening is that you have this burgeoning company and it's really a fledgling organization and it's not ready to pay you your salary. And what they end up doing is they start 
taking that income that they could be putting back into the business and use it for their lifestyle. And that can hamper and slow your business growth. I planted um, a garden, you know, uh, last year. Remember this? We put two two plants in. I know this is going to be ridiculous, but it's true, man. We put two plants in. They were the same size. One plant was in a little bit of shade. And the other plant was had full sun. And the deal was by the end of the season, the difference in the size and the amount of fruit, hmm. be it flowers, pollen, that it was able to produce versus the other plant is it was it was it taught me a lesson. Hmm. It's those early stages can be some of the most important part of growing a big business. And I made sure. I don't even know. I can't even remember the conversation I had with myself to keep me at that job for two, three more years than I needed to be. Interesting. So if time travel was possible and you could teleport back in the last 30 year span and you could pick a day to go back and change one thing, what would that one thing be? I would have started teaching 10 years earlier. I would have started teaching 10 years earlier. Yep. Once I had, I already had the knowledge, man, you know, and, and there's, there's, people will teach you, people will say things and you think it's true. There's an old saying that those who can do and those who can't teach, giving the, uh, the idea that teaching is somehow less than doing. But now that I'm a 50 plus year old man, I will tell you, you can argue with me all you want. But when you get to 50, you'll say, damn, that dude was right. Teaching actually trumps doing when you know how to teach right. Hmm. That's, I'm, I'm recapping that's, that in my head. That's, yeah, a, that's a powerful it's a shit. Powerful. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. But also at the same time, when you do, you, you become a better teacher, hmm. right? So uh, there, there is another side to that as well. But understand, if you think about most of these, like, really, really big, big multi-billionaires, I mean, after a while, they're not in the, the hustle. They're in the teach. Because what ends up happening is when you are, how old are you? 41. 41, you're too old. Okay. You're just past. All right. I will say in the 20s and 30s. Okay. That's your hustle years. Once you get to your age, 40s, you start trying to land the plane. Right. You're going to do the most you can. When you get in your 50s, you're going to realize I don't have the strength and the fortitude to deal with what the 20 year old me did or the 30 year old me did. I was a hustler. I don't have, I can't do that. You know, I've got obligations. I'm old as hell. I mean, what the fuck? I do, I am not a hustler. So now it's become apparent. You got to, I've landed the plane. Now what's next? Teaching, mentoring, and helping others to get where they need to be at that age. You know? So I just, it's, it's, it's been an interesting transformation but every, every i think every decade you go through this you'll you'll get to 50 and you'll say to them you'll be like shit i know this shit now 
Yeah, that's where you'll be. It's it's a it's a weird feeling, but you get this check mark next to you. It's verification, like uh, like on Facebook with a blue check. <laughs> you become an influencer. You do. You really do. You know, if you're ready to step into those shoes, because I know other people that just aren't ready. You know, and they to me some of them. You know, I'm like, bro, you're like Uncle Charlie at the bar trying to hang with the kids. You know, I'm like, what are you doing, man? Here you are, 55 years old. You still hustle. Come on. Yeah. What do you, you know, and I'm not talking about just boss hustling. Maybe that's a, that's a good title. I like that. Boss hustling. Look, see, I'm just teasing because I'm seeing boss all over me. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a difference, a level of being just a hustler to being like you are, a boss hustler. Got so. it. Got it. All right. So I think that that leads me into just thinking about like like the history behind you, right? It's kind of like let's talk about your family a little bit. So obviously you have a hustle mentality, or you had one that's growing into more of a boss hustle mentality now. But did you get that entrepreneurial spirit from anyone generations before? Like, was it? I think your dad was like a, a trainer or a yeah. boxer training. Yeah, but he wasn't an entrepreneur. I mean, he. You, I got to watch him just over broke. He was job, just over broke, right? Um, and he would supplement with other odd jobs. You know, it's like he had um, a, uh, he had the skills to paint cars. So I remember he was always working, but also at night he would come home and, and, and do other people's cars, you know? So that was adding to his income, but it wasn't getting him anywhere to where he was, you know, this level. So I can't in my own circle give you that. Uh, I don't know where it came from, but I definitely had it. I was definitely born with it in terms of there was these little things that I go back and look at and be like, you always wanted to do something. You weren't going to ever be satisfied in your job, you know, lifestyle. It was just, that was just, that that structure never worked for me. So I can't I can't really pinpoint that, but I can tell you where it crystallized and became real. And that was from reading Message to the Black Man, the uh Malcolm X, you know, autobiography and movie. And then I ended up joining the Nation of Islam which y'all can take that and leave it alone. I don't give a shit. It's my story. So inside of the Nation of Islam, however, there was the teaching of knowledge of self to do for self and understanding for me that if I wanted it to be, it has to start with me. Nobody's, you know, I'll tell you what my dad did teach me. My dad taught me there was no such thing as Santa Claus. That was probably the best thing he ever taught all of his children because he let us know that at first he wasn't going to lie to us, but second, ain't no white man coming down the chimney giving you no gifts. And it, it, was, it was like an epiphany, but it also gave me the fortitude to, to stand in my own truth, like they say today, right? I was able to stand, so I knew... I, I, I was I was very aware that if it's if it's going to be something, then you got to do it, you know. And so the deal was going back to the nation was that um, they had 
built the newspaper. You know, they had like the fish store, they had trucking company. So I was really looking at what Elijah Muhammad had built in, in his day back in the early 60s, 70s. That really got me pumped. I was like, dude, I think I, I, I know I can do something. And so I was, I did a whole different, you know, uh, shift mentally. And so the first business I ever did was doing other people's taxes. Because I, like I said, I was, you know, into computers and stuff. The first year that I was, had my computer, I went and got TurboTax or yeah, I think it was TurboTax, one of those tax programs. And I learned how to use it. So when tax season came around, I told a couple friends, hey, I'll do your taxes. Give me 50 bucks. I'll do your tax. And I used to make a lot of money doing taxes, but it was only for three months, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I think that was that was a big mind shift for me. Definitely you know? interesting. Yeah, and here's the deal, man. Um, I thought that I think it's really great that a lot of young people today are coming up with entrepreneurial influences. Like you, you can watch Shark Tank on TV. When I was coming up, that that just wasn't there. I, I mean, people thought you were crazy if you were like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and start my own business. Like what? Come on. You, who, you, you know, you didn't even graduate from high school. That's another secret. I ain't graduated from high school. I that's didn't like high school. <laughs> that's, 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 that's an interesting fork in the road right there. Right. So, I mean, like, how did that pan out? Did you go back and get like your GED or, and it kind of leads me to the real question is like, do you see any principles in, in, prosperousness in going to college? I mean, if you're going to be a lawyer, a doctor, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's value in education. Okay. Don't, don't get that twisted. Um, for me, I lost the value in education. Cause if you go back to your, your high school days, the 11th and 12th grade were worthless. Hardly anything you learn during there do you use today. And it just was so disinteresting to me. I left high school and I was passing. I was getting ready to graduate. You know, I got kicked out because I wouldn't go. Not because I had bad grades. Um, so I was always pretty well self-taught. So I went back. After they kicked me out, I went to take the GED and got it. You know, I didn't study for it or nothing. I just went through and, and did it. Okay, fine. Because I wanted to go to technology school, which was where, where my interest was. So I ended up going to DeVry for the technology stuff and the IT stuff. But, you know, high school wasn't teaching me none of that or giving me no opportunity. So I was out playing music and DJing, hmm. you know. It's definitely interesting. So, I mean, that, that kind of leads me into like, like your family life a little bit. I mean, like, so... In today's world, right? Like, how do you currently juggle like your family life with your work life balance? Okay, <laughs> I'm so contrarian. I hate it, but I don't believe in work life balance. There's no such thing, right? Because um, if work, or at least for us, okay, you're gonna be an entrepreneur. You know, do do you love doing what you do? Oh yeah. Okay, so why do I want to balance that? I love what I'm doing, right? Um, and as long as I'm loving it, then I'm happy doing it. And my family is not suffering. 
because I'm here. You know, I didn't miss a thing that my daughter was a party to when she was in school. We were there for everything because we created our own business. And what you have to do or think about is how you want your life to be. Because I think there are people that get lost in the hustle where they just constantly, they can't stop the hustle. And they end up, you know, passing through all the roses. For me, my business is part of the lifestyle that I want to live. It puts, um, it puts me in the position so that I can travel when I want to travel, so that I can do the things that I want to do. And we created a lifestyle company, right? So yes, I've done millions and millions, but I probably could have did hundreds of millions, hmm. you know? But do I need hundreds of millions? What am I going to do with hundreds of millions of dollars? I'll take it, but I can't take it with me, you know? But all of the, so I was just thinking about this today, man. Um, it's like people will drive their wealth, right? I rather create memories, hmm. right? So I've flown around the world having amazing memories and drive a piece of shit car. Okay, it ain't a piece of shit, but it ain't brand new and, you know, sparkling like diamonds because I don't, I don't need the car. The car gets me to the plane. Hmm. That's it, you know? So you got to have your priorities in order. Yeah. Know what you want. I definitely appreciate that. I mean, it it, it kind of it and it's always one of those statements that I talk about. Like once you understand like wealth and understand like like revenue versus wealth versus the paycheck, you'll get to the point to where you're not going to be looking at like my home or my car. To your point, it's all about the memories. Like what legacy can you leave behind? Yeah. What have you done in this life? And you kind of look back on and smile at. It's not about the car. This is going to sit in the garage. So I definitely. I commend you for saying that. I, I definitely appreciate that statement. Man, there's too many people that are millionaires that kill themselves. Why? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Be happy, man. Be happy. I mean, if you're happy on your job, hey, go for it. Don't let nobody else, you know, shame you hmm. into being something that you don't want to be. But that comes with growth. That comes with wisdom, you know, because it's hard. It's hard out here for a pimp. <laughs> digital pimp digital pimp uh, yes exactly let's be clear folks <laughs> funny so let's talk about like your morning habits your morning routines what do those look like? oh lord i don't have a morning routine oh yes i do okay i, I will because after i get done with the breakfast and all that literally every morning i get breakfast I sit down, I watch the news, I go through my phone, see what's interesting topics. That's first, right? Mm. Or that's the, 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 the regular stuff. But when I come in, I write a blog post. Mm. Lately, I've been creating a video and editing the one we talk, right? And then I make sure I post it all around. Then I check in with my VAs because usually they're leaving or that's the end of their day. Mm. So I check in with them and uh, make sure everything's, you know, handled there. Um, and I don't check email until noon. Nice. Because, and, and you know, I'm, I'm always, I start the day eating the frog. What's the big thing I have to get done today? And I won't check email until after that's done. Because email has a tendency of 
rejuggling all your priorities and the real thing you want to get done doesn't get done. Very true. Very true. Yep. That's very true. So this is the part where I like, cause you know, I started a book club because of Boston Cage and just realizing that, you know, everyone that I speak to that's like you, books have helped you on your journey and there's still probably books that you're reading or audio books that you're listening to. So it's a three part question. What books Uh-oh. do you recall that helped you get to where you are currently? Okay. What books are you reading currently right now? And as an author, what books have you written? Okay, cool. Um, the big books for me were Think and Grow Rich. Uh, what's the Babylon book? Um, Richest Man in Babylon. Richest Man in Babylon and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Nice. Okay. So those are those are like, dude, get those books. What'd you say? What's the other thing? What am I currently? Yeah, what are you currently reading? Okay. Currently, <laughs> it's just because it's sitting here. I'm reading Digital Millionaire, Dan Henry. Danny. Good book. I like that. I, I, I'm impressed with Dan. I would just talk shit about him on, 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 and, <laughs> you know, because he was a young guy. I was like, what does yeah. he know? He just, he, he's matured. Job. He's matured. Yes, yeah. He really has. He really has. Um, ask. That's Ryan Levesque, right? Going back to the old school, dot yes, com secrets, right? And this one is interesting, man, that I'm keeping around. It's, it's like how business works. Hmm. And it's like a hard, back but it's it's done with like images oh, like that and i really yeah and, and that that really resonates with me so i'm keeping that around so that's what i'm reading currently and here's what i've written kick-ass social commerce for epreneurs that is the bible it is the best book ever written um possibly uh Really, I mean, second only to the Bible, according to my mother. These are all things my mom said. So, <laughs> but hey, you know, and I'm really thinking about writing another book. I, I wasn't thinking about that, but I think I'm getting ready to start this year, writing a new book. Don't know exactly what it's going to be or entail. Well, I kind of do, but it's going to be part of the the the, the journey in the story, mm-hmm. but also... Well, I want to make it interesting. So maybe it'll have a villain and there'll be a murder somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Wouldn't that be, that'd be different. It'll be, well, it'd be extremely different to have like a murder mystery self-help book. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know who you're going to kill? I, I even know who I'm going to kill. My imposter syndrome. Yeah, I can see that. I see that. That's you know? a nice twist. Nice twist. Nice twist. That's a good twist. twist. I you like can do that. A, you can do this a whole is series. on recording. This is on recording too, so I'll remember. Yeah. Yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. hilarious, man. So, what do you see yourself twenty years from now, man? Twenty years from now. Twenty years. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, here's where I want. I mean, I I want to be next to water. I want to be out of the country at least for time, maybe I'll come back, you know. Um, guess we'll have grandkids at that point, oh. you know. And um, who knows, man? I, I haven't thought that far. I haven't thought that far ahead. Hmm. And I never thought that far ahead. I never, when I was 30, thought about being 50. 
I never did. You know, I think I lived the Tupac syndrome forever. Like I'm going to die young. I'm going to die young. And here I am kind of middle-aged and I'm still here. Um, but legacy wise, I'm already seeing that coming to pass. And like this on Friday, I have a, 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 a lunch meeting with, you know, my, let's say my kids, it's my niece and my nephew, you know, and they're starting their own business and we're talking about it, you know? Mm. So it's like, it's finally coming to pass. And I, and I feel really good about that. Really good about that. So 20 years from now, I get to watch them do what I did. Nice. nice. On their own. Cause they ain't getting shit from me. It's like, <laughs> I'm teasing. Yeah, but I think you're leaving behind a legacy of content. I mean, to the point to where, I mean, just recently, like you said, you kind of started this whole new campaign of like these little tidbit videos of like self-help. Here's things that I've done, things that I've used. And I just think that once that's on the internet, it's going to be there forever. So you're kind of building a legacy of digital content. Wow. But So in, in your videos, though, just talking about your videos and it's coming to mind, like what tools would you recommend that you use on a daily basis? Like, outside of Google that you would not be able to do what you do without? What tools do I use on a daily basis? Mm -hmm. well, um, I mean, there's a lot of marketing tools that we use for uh, ad load balance, mm -hmm. but that's inside of Amazon, right? Uh, or not bot. Cartra, uh, I, I, everything I do is in Cartra now. Mm. I mean, I used to have the email programs and uh, that's all I use, bro. That's really? all I use. You know, I don't, I don't have any other tools. Uh, you know what? Let me pull this up. Cause I'm just thinking, uh, you know, I've got this tool list that I put together and let me, let me go and just tell you some of the things I actually recommend. Is that, cause that's what you're really looking for. I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's kind of, I've been thinking for the longest time, like, you know, I've been asking this question. I'm like, it would be cool to kind of create like an online directory on these different disciplines and have all these online resources and say, okay, you know what? This is what John uses. This is what John uses it for. Mm. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Um, so like I said, Kartra, uh, Loom, ScreenFlow. Yeah, I'm in ScreenFlow all the time. Um, uh, uh, what's this one? Snagit. <laughs> Snagit's probably the best tool. Uh, I don't think there's any tool I use more than Snagit. What which Snagit is a screen do? screen capture? Okay. Screen capture. Um, uh, Keynote. One of my big favorites. And let's see, anything else that I actually use? Webinar Jam, of course. Yeah, I use Twilio for uh, messaging. Hmm. StreamYard for streaming sometimes in Zoom. Hmm. So I've got my own little tool suite. Nice. But but I gave you like the back, like how the how I'm making the sauce. Hmm. It is literally Keynote for pretty much all graphics, you know, and uh, snag it. Got you for screenshots. Nice, nice. Yeah, because I use that to. And one day I got to do it. 
teaching on how I use the tool. They're totally weird, you know, but you take all that together and I, I can create all kind of graphics and, you know, documents and the whole nine. It goes back to, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, you and not only are you a good teacher, but you enjoy teaching. So, and I can see that in your videos. I mean, every time you produce a video, I can, I can see, I see that passion coming through. It's like, he's giving you diamonds. He's giving you diamonds in the rough. But if you're not listening to him, you're missing out on them. And, and that's just the way you come across. So I, I definitely appreciate your videos. I mean, I watch them on a regular basis as well. Awesome. So. Somebody's watching. That makes me happy. But I will tell you this. Um, the teaching part, remember, I was very dogmatic about teaching. Te mm. I've always been a good teacher. I mean, from day one, and, you know, that was part of even when I, you know, got into religion and, and did the nation thing and did the Christian thing, both of those, I was teaching and preaching. So, I mean, I've, that's one thing I've always been able to do. And that's, that's something that comes. Now, that I definitely got from my dad. Nice. That I definitely got from him. I so, used to I mean, watch him do that. So spitting off on that, right? So let's just talk about like words of wisdom, words of insight. Like you just brought up your dad. You're talking about like being a teacher. So let's say I'm 41 years old and I'm coming to you, John. I'm like, John, I'm obviously on my journey. I'm branding. I'm doing all these different things. But, you know, I, I want to scale. I want to, I want to burst my bubble and expand more. What words of insight would you give to someone like me? Okay. What do you want to spend do? What do you want to do? As far as what, 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 what do you like do? doing? What do you like doing? I, I love podcasting. I, okay. I, I love podcasting. You love podcasting. Mm -hmm. I mean, so one of the things is, I mean, do you have a course? It's in development. Academy's in development right now. I mean, yeah, that's going to be huge for you. That's going to be huge for you because everybody wants to know how to do a podcast, but not only how to do a podcast, but to do one successfully. Mm -hmm. And you're doing one successfully. So I would stick in, if I had one thing to tell people, stick in your lane mm -hmm. and become an expert at what it is that you like doing, right? Because there's so many shiny objects out here. But if you become the expert in the one thing, then everything else, let everybody else be a generalist. Mm -hmm. You go to the doctor when you got a pain, and you pay that doctor fee to the generalist. And what do they do? They recommend you to the specialist. And when you go to the specialist, he's going to charge you 10 times more. Right about that. Right? So it is, it's your specialty. Go deep into the specialty for whatever it is that you guys are out there wanting to do. If you go deep into your specialty, there's money to be made in that. Nice. Nice. So, I mean, even with that, I mean, obviously you're, you're, you're online coach, you have courses, you have all these stuff on your profiles online. So how can people find you and get in contact with you? My name, johnlawson.com. All right, johnlawson.com. And then you can just look up like colder ice, one word, C-O-L-D-E-R-I-C-E on Google. You'll find me. I'm on colder ice on all the channels, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. What's that? stupid phone one that i don't Clubhouse. use Clubhouse? yeah I had, to, I had to take it just because somebody else might you know what i'm saying but what? yeah i'm not i'm not a you know i'm a droid user so yeah gotcha. i'm not i'm not gonna sit there with my phone all day listening to clubhouse because it's not on droid not yet not yet do you like it 
But I mean, in the beginning, I was all about it. And I started maybe like, I think it was October last year. And it was like, it was cool. But for uh-huh. me, it was like the conversion point, those things off. It's like, there's no real conversion point. I have to take you from one system to another system or kind of have to follow back up. But there's no built-in conversion. That's- like on Facebook, I can convert. Yep. Instagram, yep. I can convert. Twitter, I can convert. You know, yep. LinkedIn, I can convert. Clubhouse. Yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is, too, you know, people were talking about, you know, Clubhouse is the new podcast. Mm-hmm. See, I'd rather listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. I'd rather listen to somebody go deep into their understanding, like you've done with me today, mm-hmm. right? Versus, you know, all this 15 minutes of surface level understanding and then dumb questions from the audience, which <laughs> drives me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, there's everybody has their mode, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I really like the long format of, of, of a podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think people don't realize the power of a podcast. I mean, you know, at the end of this podcast, there's so much content that we've developed in this communication between us that we can reuse and repurpose and do cross-marketing, cross-promotions day in and day out for years to come. It's it's a it's an amazing, amazing, and it's like one of the first ones out. I mean, podcasting's been out since the freaking nineties. Yeah, yeah, you know, people don't get it, you know, but it's, it's podcasting has last almost as long as email. Hmm. The two things they yeah. they want to claim are dead. Yeah, well, yeah, the email is definitely not dead. <laughs> right. So <laughs> well, let's just talk about. I mean, you know, I, I, obviously, I deemed you the, the ice boss. So let's talk about like your company name. Like, like, what's the meaning behind the company name? Like, how did you come up with that? Colder ice. Yep. Uh, I'm glad you asked. So, um, when I was getting started, and like I said, this was around 2007, eight, mm-hmm. when I started teaching, I didn't think people would pay any attention mm-hmm. because I was a black guy. I was a black guy. I would sit in rooms on e-commerce, you know, events, and I'd be the only black guy. There'd be two or three others. I'd make sure I got to meet that one because there's only a few of us here, you know? So I really didn't think that anybody would pay me a lot of attention just because I was a black guy, mm-hmm. right? And um, so I kind of uh, went out to the Google and tried to get my name. I got my name now. You know, it cost me money because somebody was sitting on it for years. But um, uh, I couldn't get the johnlawson.com. So because it's a very common name anyway. And um, just my, you know, study. I remembered back in the day, there was this saying that the white man's ice is colder. And what did that come from was that, you know, black businesses. And this is one thing, you know, a lot of people don't recognize. You know, entrepreneurship for black people was a necessity 50 years ago. It wasn't an option. You know, if you wanted to go and get your um, stuff from the department store, you had to go to the black department store because white people wouldn't let you put nothing on. You know what I'm saying? You, if you wanted to ride in the cab, you had a black cab. You weren't getting in the white people's cabs. You know, everything that there was for the whites was for the blacks and they were run by black people, right? The deal was as soon as integration came, the black store owners would watch their consumers walk right past their storefronts to go shop downtown. And they said, oh, I guess the white man's ice is colder. And I had the realization, it's like my ice is just as cold as the white man. And that's where I came up with colder ice, did a search, 
It's like, oh, coderice.com. And it was available. And that became the whole thing. You know? Well, I'm happy I asked that question too. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it came from. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, that, that, that just adds to the, 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 the whole nostalgia of calling you the ice boss. Like, that's official. <laughs> like, that, that, that's on a T-shirt, and I'm going to have to have to deliver I'm that to you. Dude, dude, dude. That's awesome. I love it. Yes. Yes. I'm in. Right. I'm in. I'm totally in. <laughs> but you know what? I, this is off topic. Mm-hmm. Well, not off topic, but I want to I make something really clear for 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 me in my life where i where that fell off for me this nobody would listen to me because i was black happened 2 years later when barack obama was sworn in oh. he gave me to validity to others oh. i don't care what you got to say about the man or his politics or anything but the way people perceived me oh. the day before and the day after was a whole nother level, wow. you know? And so I've used that to expand my brand worldwide. It was the affinity of everybody, oh, they got the black president and did it. All of a sudden they were looking for some sort of representation. And if they were, yeah, I would be that guy for you. I'll fly over and we'll do a thing and we'll talk, you know, and, and be that difference that they were looking for from america so that's awesome definitely awesome trailblazing it man trailblazing trailblaze. trailblazing it it's crazy so let's go to the bonus round really quick before we close okay. out uh-oh shotgun so, questions <laughs> yep yep so if you could spend 24 hours with anyone dead or alive uninterrupted for those 24 hours who would it be and why you mean other than like, you know, oh, my dad or my grandparent or like that. Yeah, outside of family. Yeah. Bus- like like businessy or. Or or, uh, <sighs> or motivational or inspirational or someone that you just, you know, you deem that, hey, I would like to spend 24 hours with this person uninterrupted. Again, I'm a contrarian. Mm-hmm. So I've learned <laughs> that the closer you get to somebody, the more the fantasy gets dissolved. Mm. Right. So I don't really have like, it's like, you know, okay. I do have somebody that would be, it would be kind of cool to sit and, and ask them a lot of questions. Right. So I really would um, dig talking to Steve jobs. You know, I just, the way he thought, I know he was half damn crazy half the times the way people talk, you know what I mean? But I think I could get through to, finding the core of whatever it was he was saying because when i'd listen to him or i read the book you know so steve jobs that's my answer nice nice so what is your most significant achievement to date outside of your family and your kids yep um i don't know man i it's probably doing the american express commercial I just thought that was really cool. I did this years ago, but the experience of being treated like a Hollywood star was absolutely amazing, right? Because the because I you know they picked me up with the sign and the the black cars waiting, and that changed my entire life. I I was like, oh, I need this every day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it really elevated 
what I thought I could do and be, you know? And uh, I think that set the stage for me teaching and speaking and, you know, being a world traveler. So I was saying earlier on, you, you was being really modest, man. And we're just kind of like, I, I didn't even know you was in a, in a damn American Express commercial. Like, I remember the funny, let me tell you guys a little story real quick. The first time I, I, I met this guy was at a marketing meeting. And I'm walking in a meeting and, everybody, and I'm sitting in a room full of damn sharks and titans. And I'm sitting in the corner like, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm not going to say anything crazy today. I'm just going to listen and take notes. And he's just sitting there nonchalantly talking about, yeah, I just came back from, I think it was Belize or wherever you were. And he's like, yeah, I just did a workshop in Belize with a mastermind group of like 10 to 50 people. And I'm just sitting there like, did he just say he was just in Belize with a mastermind group of 10 people nonchalantly? <laughs> like, like, it's just toilet paper. Just say, yeah, we'll just say what it is, what it is. So he's being modest. Don't, don't let his modesty <laughs> fool you by any means, okay? No, no. But again, you know, there's, there's trade-offs, man. That's what I wanted to do. There used to be this game, um, like a board game called Passport. And the job was to go around the board and get your passport um, stamped. And then if you, get, if you land on enough of those places, you'd win. And that set the tone. I always wanted my passport stamped. Nice. You know? So that's, you know, and I do somewhat, up until last year, I did take it for granted. You know? And, and having the world shut down, all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, I got to do that. Hopefully, yeah. this will come back. But I don't think it'll ever be the way it was. I mean, it was open border season back in the day. Yeah, it was. You know, unfortunately. Okay, next. Yeah, well, so going at the closing, man. I mean, obviously, I think this was a great episode. You dropped nuggets, jewels, diamonds. You made it rain gold from the sky, right? Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but in, the, in this conversation, we, we went through a lot of different topics. So in any part of this conversation, if you had any questions that may have arrived that you want to ask me, so the microphone is yours. The floor is yours. What questions do you have for myself? A question for you? For me. Man, that's good. That's fantastic. All right, how'd you come up with Boston Cage? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what part of it? Because it's multifaceted, right? The, the name or the iconography of it? So, I mean, the Boston Uncaged, the name first. Okay, so the name, essentially, one was my, my other company is Cerebral 360, and I've dealt with the misspelling of that shit every day right so i was like how do i find out a brand that symbolizes everything within just two words two parts and make sure that these words are very short boss a five-year-old could spell boss and uncage a six-year-old could pretty much sound it out so i kind of opened up my audience a little bit wider then the boss part was essentially entrepreneurs small business owners and people that are like you said before, nine to fivers that are looking to become bosses or they're tired of their boss and they want to become their own boss. And then the uncaged part is that journey. It's like you're a damn lion in a cage working the nine to five, dying to break out. Or you're an entrepreneur on the treadmill spinning your wheels trying to figure things out, but you're a hamster in a cage and you want to break out of that cage. Ah. So the combination between the two become boss and cage. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, my target niche is small business owners and entrepreneurs, but it's helping those people find their destinies through people like yourself. And my goal is to continue to record episodes like this because everything that you said today, there's somebody that's going to hear this podcast and the light bulb is going to go off. And they're going to be like that Boston Cage brand and what John said. They're going to merge the two together. And you and I may get a letter or get an email from somebody 20, 30 years down the road that says, dude, that one episode that you guys did 20 years ago, that should change my life. Mm. And that's, that's the goal of Boston Cage. Very good. That was a good question. 
You know, it was. You know what? I mean, you're really good at what you're doing, because I do a lot of interviews. You know, I've done hundreds over the years, probably. But the fact is, you actually interview where most people—not most, but most unprofessional people—don't interview. They just ask questions so they can answer it themselves. Mm. And have you done that? Have you seen that? Yeah, Those, I do more listening. I like to listen. Yeah, and I mean that. But, but what happens is, is that it's great for the audience because you're asking the questions that they have, and that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So I mean, more power to you. I love the logo. Yeah, logo. Tell me how the logo came about too. So the logo was was, was weird, man. It was like I was sitting down at um. You, you're from Atlanta, so Rome. Rome. Well, I think at the time it was in. Alpharetta or Dunwoody, and I'm sitting there working in my co-work space, and I'm and I look up to the right, and it is this huge whiteboard, and sure as hell, there was like four red arrows, and I'm looking sideways, and then off to the right, there was like a magnet dot, and I'm like, just like, what the hell? So I get up, stop what I'm doing, walk in there, move the magnets, put the arrows together, and I was like, holy hell, like that's everything that that symbolizes in kind of like the singular wireless logo. It's all about you, but it's also mm-hmm. about breaking out. It's all about the multiple directions all becoming focused, like you said, coming into a core niche. And it was like so many different variables and symbolism and stories that can be told just by using five simple damn shapes. And so I put them together, and then I just replaced the O in the boss with that symbol to make the boss of Gage Brown. And why purple? Well, purple for multiple different things, right? So you want to go to kind of like, like this is America, red and blue makes purple. Purple has always been symbolic to, to royalty, playing off of like the whole lion. And so pulling into the purple, and it's also, it's a universal color. It, it doesn't necessarily mean male or female. Yeah. And again, I want this brand to be universal. So I don't want to 100% talk to just male. I want that o- other audience as well. So in being in that purple spectrum, it's just, a, it's a more softer color, but it also has some masculinity to it as well. Okay. See, that's a, that's a masterclass right there. Because you, you, you talked about the brand, mm-hmm. how you came up with it, the logo, the meanings, all of that. And that's what a lot of people really just don't do. So, so both of us, we have meaning behind our names. Colder Ice has a company, Boss Uncaged, you know. And I, and, and, and I think that passion moves businesses forward when you have a purpose. And, you know, good on you. Thank well, you for this. Well, I appreciate you, John. I mean, I've been, it's funny because like I had a list, right? A list of people I want to interview. I was like, okay, I'm going to get Ty Cohen. I'm, I'm going to get um, John and I'm going to get, um, I'm just done thinking of all the different people I wanted to get. So it's like, I'm going through the list and I'm like, okay, I got Ty Cohen on the show. I got Greg Caesar on the show. You know, earlier this week I had Justin. Uh-huh. And I was like, dude, I'm, I'm going to get every last one of you bastards before it's said and done. <laughs> but it was easy. Yeah, it, it was, it was easy, easy, right? Yeah, it was. That, I, it, I'm just saying, it just—it's just like that crew of people have oh, just—you know what I mean? Just so welcoming, open. Uh, it just—they've—they've they've helped me out in so many ways. Just knowing these people, you know, it—it—it it, it, it was the antithesis of what you think, you know, would would happen with a bunch of brothers. You're 100% right. Because after I left that room, I was just sitting there. I literally sat in that in my car that day, and I was just like, where the fuck have these people been? Like, <laughs> where have they been? Like, they're in Atlanta on top of it, too. And the way I, I came to find you guys was kind of like, through Ty Cohen, introduced me to Greg. And Greg was like, yeah, I live in Atlanta. 
come to my marketing meeting. I was like, okay. And that showed up. And then the rest was history. It was like, it's, it's a night and day difference just when you're, you're guided in the right direction and you seize those opportunities. Man, awesome. Well, well it's so good to reconnect after, after, after COVID times. <laughs> Definitely. Well, John, man, I'm not going to suck any more of your time. I definitely appreciate you and commend you. And I love everything you're doing and you have done and you continue to do, man. It was a pleasure. Hey, I got something for you, for your audience, yeah, if I may. Go for it. Go All for right. e from scratch. If you want to build an e-commerce store, go to e from scratch. It's completely free. And it's a video of me walking you through how to build your own e-commerce store. I think everybody should at least consider e-commerce. It's just so amazing. It's growing. And if you go to e-com from scratch, there's a free training there. I would Boom. definitely say if you don't take advantage of that coming from someone that has mastered both eBay and Amazon at the same damn time, I will strangle you myself if I ever meet you in person. <laughs> <laughs> Done. A cigarette over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762 762- 233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss and Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.